Ready to break free from algorithms, vanity PR, and money-sucking ads? My name's Larissa Worstiak, and I've learned in seven years of jewelry marketing that content is the crown jewel. My agency, Joy Joya, takes a holistic approach, leading with laser-focused storytelling, impactful content creation, and strategic content distribution. This method has worked for the solopreneur as well as the multi-million dollar company, and now I'm sharing these systems and tactics with you. Here's to standing out in the sea of sparkle. Welcome to episode 240. In this episode, we'll be talking all about SEO copywriting. We're building on the last two episodes, which introduced you to SEO for jewelry marketing, and then taught you how to do strategic keyword research while uncovering SEO-driven content opportunities. So please do catch up on 238 and 239 if you haven't already. But if you're good to go, you should be feeling very ready for this last installment of the mini SEO series of Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart. Mastering the art of SEO copywriting can help you improve your rankings, drive more traffic to your website, and ultimately, boost your bottom line. But what exactly is SEO copywriting and how can you use it to your advantage? That's what we'll be exploring in today's episode. I'll be covering, when I say SEO copywriting, what do I mean? Where does this copy actually go? How to incorporate keywords into your copy, tools to help you streamline this process, what to expect after you add this copy to your website, and more. If you're new to this podcast, and this is the first time you're listening, you should know from now, well, back from January actually, through early July of this year, I'm offering a free, yes, free, six-month podcast-guided program called Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart, and that involves weekly audio and video lessons just like this one, as well as companion PDF downloads for each new episode. This week, Jumpstart members get the worksheet as well as a private screen share walkthrough of how to update SEO copywriting in Shopify. If you haven't already signed up, go to joyjoya.com jump Right now, I recommend you stop waiting and sign up. We're in go time right now. You can find that link in the show notes, but it's joyjoya.com jump. And I wanna share something a little personal that I've never mentioned before on this podcast. So listen closely. I received some feedback recently from Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart members who feel like the podcast is pretty intense and requires effort to pay attention to. And it wasn't negative criticism, really. These are people I talk to regularly, and they were kind of teasing me a little bit about how (laughs) intense I can be with the information that I share. But let me make this one thing clear to you listeners and viewers. I will never ever treat you like you're incapable or maybe like some other podcasts you listen to, give away just one small teaser piece of information to lure you into some useless program. 
I respect you and I believe in your abilities to succeed. And that's why I'm committed to giving you all the information you need to thrive. So if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know it's probably not like a lot of other business advice shows that you may listen to if you do. But one thing I can promise you is that I have your back and I support you every step of the way. So come at me, tell me it's intense. I don't care because I know that you can do it. So anyway, if you're on board and in for the ride, please sign up for the free full Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart program right away. Get the companion PDF download to this episode at joyjoya.com jump. But before we get to the solid gold, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this podcast has both audio and video, so you can either listen on your favorite podcast platform or watch on YouTube by searching Joy Joya. You can support the podcast for free by taking the time not only to subscribe, but also to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave a review, I might share it on a future episode. Speaking of podcasts, did you know I also co-host another podcast with jewelry marketer and my friend Liz Kantner? It's called Success with Jewelry, and we've already released 34 free episodes everywhere you listen to podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And we also have an insider community where we share extended episodes, hands-on guidance, and a plethora of resources. You can visit successwithjewelry.com to learn more. Okay, my sparklers, let's get into the next installment of Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart, which is all about SEO copywriting. Again, members of the free Jumpstart program will get the worksheet as well as a private screen share video walkthrough of how to actually update all this SEO copywriting in Shopify. So first things first, what is SEO copywriting? So when someone like me talks about SEO copywriting, what I'm referring to is the practice of creating content that's both engaging and optimized for search engines. And I wanna emphasize this part because SEO copywriting is not, I repeat, it is not just for search engines. I see this mistake sometimes, like I'll look at a blog post or a jewelry website and I can just tell, and you could probably tell too, even without the expertise, that the copy was expressly written to try to rank for Google search. So it has a lot of keywords, it's really boring, feels kind of like a robot wrote it, it's not interesting at all, and definitely not anything that someone wants to read. So it's important that any copy that you make, even if it's for SEO, it also needs to be interesting to read. And in the next episode, 241, I'll be talking about all the amazing ways that you can use this content that actually has nothing to do with SEO. So you'll want this content to always do double duty, be interesting, and be optimized for SEO. So SEO copywriting done effectively requires a combination of 
strategic use of keywords, which we talked about in the last episode, well-written and engaging writing and language, and a deep understanding of your target audience. And that's why it's so important to do all of that keyword work I mentioned in the last episode and all the target audience research that we've talked about before on the podcast. So where does SEO copywriting go? Where are you supposed to put it? I'll give you some examples. So the most obvious one is the homepage, which serves as the main point of entry for a lot of visitors, and it can make or break the first impression they have of your website. It can also go on each page of your website, including your product pages, your about us page, your contact page, any page that has information on it, whether it's about other services, policies that you offer, really any any page on your website. And then other areas that can benefit from SEO copywriting include the blog, so individual blog posts. And that regular up, those regular updates that you make on the blog provide fresh content, which Google loves. Google loves a regularly updated website. The copywriting can also go in the website's meta descriptions and title tags, which can both impact click-through rates from search engine results pages. So again, meta descriptions and title tags are those that text you see in Google. So when you search on Google for any search term, in the results, you'll see like a blue clickable title tag and then a little short description of what that page is so that you as the searcher know whether or not you want to click. That's the title tag and that's the meta description. And those are things that you can update on the back end of your website. And Shopify in particular makes it really easy to do that. And then there's actually also SEO copywriting for social media. So here's something you probably didn't know. SEO copywriting can matter for your social media marketing. So social media doesn't contribute to your ranking on Google, but if you're prioritizing SEO on your social media profiles like Instagram, it could benefit you if people are searching for products like yours on that platform. So even though Instagram isn't considered a search engine the same way that Google is, they do have a search bar and increasingly are working to integrate components of traditional search engines to assist its users in discovering content. And I think, including myself, a lot of marketers believe of the social media platforms, Instagram's the one with some of the best search functionality. And Pinterest is another example of that. That's more of a visual search. So if you're making sure your profile is optimized with keywords, you're incorporating keywords into captions, you're tagging your location, utilizing alt text on Instagram, all those things can help you from a search perspective within that platform. So now that you know what this all means, how do you take your keywords that you learned about from the last episode and actually incorporate them effectively into your copy? 
So first, you need that list of target keywords. So if you haven't done that already, you cannot skip that step. I would start, if you're a beginner to this, with about 25, and you can follow the instructions from episode 239 for that. And then you need to decide on which existing pages of your website do you wanna add those keywords. As I mentioned last week, each page or post should target one primary keyword and then have maybe like two to three related sub keywords, variations of that keyword for each page or post. If you feel comfortable using Google Analytics, then what I would suggest is find your top visited pages from maybe like the past year and export that list into a spreadsheet. So that way you can prioritize your top visited pages and update those with keywords. But if that sounds like total gibberish to you and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can just think through your website and decide what do you think the most important pages are on your site? What are the ones you think really represent your brand and that you really wanna drive traffic to? Then create a spreadsheet, add all of those links of those pages in one column of the spreadsheet, have another column with the name of each of those pages and just write out like what the page is. And then there's gonna be a column for the keywords that you wanna target for that page or blog post. And that's where you would write like your one primary keyword and your two to three related keywords. And here's the other thing to remember, you can't just go down your spreadsheet and literally use the same keyword for every single page. Actually, each page or post has to target a different keyword. If you are trying to rank in Google for the same keyword with multiple pages, that could be something that's potentially called cannibalization, where you're kind of canceling out your efforts. So each one of your pages has to, um, you have to be aiming to rank for a different keyword. And if you have existing blog posts, make sure they're in that spreadsheet as well, have keywords that you wanna target for them. Even if you have ideas for future blog posts that don't exist yet on your website, you can even plug those ideas into this sheet and start writing out the keywords that would match for them so that when it is time to write those blog posts, you already know which keyword you wanna target for them. Okay, so once you have that spreadsheet, the list of web pages, the list of keywords, you're gonna get to writing or you're going to get to editing your existing copy. So whether you're creating something from scratch or editing it, you can do either one, but you wanna make sure that for about every 200 words of copy, you put one keyword. So it should be pretty evenly interspersed throughout the copy on the web page or the blog post. And you wanna focus it in important places in that copy. So by that, I mean headings, definitely in the title, if you can find a way to incorporate it, um, if toward the beginning of new paragraphs or toward the beginning of, of the copy on the web page, 
and you definitely want to put it in the meta descriptions in the page title. So now I want to talk about some tools to help you streamline this process because it could be kind of tedious, especially if you don't like writing. Chat GPT is great for this. This is an excellent use case scenario for AI. If you need a rough draft of some web copy or you need to figure out how to optimize your existing copy, then I highly recommend ChatGPT. If you have existing copy, you can copy it from a paragraph on your website or whatever copy is on your website, paste it into ChatGPT and ask it to rewrite this but use this keyword and tell it how many times you want it used. You'll definitely want to check whatever it spits out to you, but this should be a huge help, especially if you have a writer's block or you just don't know how to incorporate the keyword. You can also ask ChatGBT to write meta descriptions and page titles for you. So you just tell it what keywords to incorporate, you can even just share the URL to the, the page that you need and it will scrape information from there to come up with like a preliminary draft. Again, make sure you're editing it, make sure it makes sense, but it will help you if you struggle with a blank page or you just don't know what to do. And if you'd rather have a human help you, then this is something good to outsource to a copywriting expert on Upwork or Fiverr. So what can you expect after you make these changes and add this copy to your website? It's definitely a commitment. It can take anywhere from three to six months to rank on the first page of Google for your target keywords. And that's assuming that you're writing good content and that you're optimizing in the correct way. So. This probably seems like a long time and in digital marketing land, three to six months is a long time, but if you're doing this consistently and you're just doing it anyway, when you're like adding new product or new content to your site as just part of your process, it will begin to pay off over time. You're doing that stuff anyway. You have to keep your website updated no matter what. So if you do it with SEO in mind, I guarantee you, you will see a positive increase in traffic from organic search over a few months time. And I think this is really worth it because again, in most cases, you don't have to go out of your way. The initial optimizing might be a specific project for you that you have to plan out. But then once you have that done, it's just a matter of keeping up with it anytime you're adding new content anyway. Okay, that's it for now. Much more to come in future episodes. Go to joyjoya.com jump for additional information, action items, and a private screen share walkthrough video of updating SEO copy in Shopify. Before I get into the gold mine, as well as my jewelry marketing news roundup, I wanna share a case study of a jewelry brand that I think embodies principles that I share in this podcast. These are my thoughts about how, to, how I'd apply my marketing philosophies to a jewelry brand 
in the wild. Disclaimer, this brand's not my client, so I don't have inside information. I'm just sharing my observations. So I recently saw this headline from the online magazine Nylon called Presley Oldham's Jewelry Collection with the Real Real Finds Beauty in Irregularity. First, when I saw this headline, I thought to myself, wait, why is the real, real, real launching a jewelry collection? I thought they're a resale platform. So I was very perplexed. And thusly, I opened the article to read it. And when I did read it, I was delightfully surprised because this new collab between the real, real and Presley Oldham totally makes sense, is in alignment with their values and matches their existing business model. So during the pandemic, jewelry designer Presley Oldham began crafting necklaces using pearls repurposed from flea market finds, and his first jewelry collection was born. Of course, this process of making jewelry from found items results in the limited nature of it. So each style just ends up having like two or three available. And this is a quote from the article. Now the designer is working with the real, 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 upcycling gems, beads, and stones to create a delectable and bright jewelry collection for the summer, end quote. And it totally makes sense. The one-of-a-kind pieces are created by transforming jewelry that's unfit for sale from the real, real, real. So if you don't know about the real, real, they consign jewelry and then sell it on their platform. So sometimes they get acquire pieces that are just unfit for sale. And then it's so smart that they're like upcycling these pieces. So featuring pearls, stones, and beads, this exclusive collection of upcycled pieces it's a, is a testament to the power and possibility of circular fashion. It's really cool to see how Oldham has repurposed the pieces. And he says, the materials will show you if they don't want to be used in a certain way, as mystical as that might sound. So of course, out of curiosity, I went to the collection page and like half the pieces were sold already. What a way for the real real to speak their values without actually having to shout them over and over. Instead, by releasing a new product and presenting it to their customers, they're embodying their values. They're living the truth of the brand story. So I just wanted to share that as a great example of a collaboration that reinforces brand storytelling. What do you think? Let me know in a podcast review or YouTube comment. Okay, let's get into the gold mine. The gold mine is a segment of this podcast that's a more personal take from me about topics of my choosing, including entrepreneurship, mindset, growth, and more. This week's installment of the gold mine is just a reminder about why consistency in branding matters so, 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 so much. I mean, you hear that all the time. You hear it from me. You hear it from other marketing experts. But I'm going to tell you exactly why it matters 
as a reminder so you never forget to be consistent ever again. So I'm taking an online course right now about marketing psychology. Yes, even I have to continue to learn about marketing. (laughs) And there was a section in there that really inspired this segment of the gold mine all about persuasion techniques. And one of those is called context dependent memory. And in the course to help explain what context dependent memory is, they give the following example. So have you ever like gone to your basement or wherever your storage is in your house to go get your back stock of paper towels or whatever else you need for your kitchen? But then once you go to your basement, you can't remember anymore why you went there in the first place. But then immediately when you go back to your kitchen, you suddenly remember that, oh, the reason I went to the basement was because I needed paper towels. I'm sure we can all relate and that we've experienced some variation of this situation in one way or another. And the reason that happens is not because you're losing your memory, I promise. It's because when things are out of context, it can be harder to recall information than when the context clues are right there for us, like as they would be in the kitchen. We would remember right away what we needed. When the context of the kitchen is no longer there, we suddenly have more trouble remembering what we needed in the first place. And surprise, surprise, the same thing is true with marketing. And here's how. So if someone, a potential customer, visits your website and they love a product, but they're just not ready to buy that day, maybe they need to save up some money or they need payday to come, whatever. So they sign up for your emails so they can remember that they loved your product and they'll come back to it once they're ready to buy. But then if the emails that they get a few days or a few weeks later look different from your website experience, if they have different language, different colors, a different overall look, different photos, production quality, etc. then because of context clues, it may be difficult to inspire that same person to remember the feeling they had of wanting and desire that they had on your website. They may even just not connect with your brand at all because they've already related that memory and that feeling with the experience they had with your brand on your website. And similarly, if a customer follows you on a bunch of different platforms like Instagram, email, wherever else, but they're getting a different kind of experience on each platform and different messaging, it's going to be really tough for you to help them establish and maintain an emotion about you, an emotional connection. And they may not even connect subconsciously that you are all the same brand on all of these different platforms since the context of the different platforms just varies by the nature of Instagram here, email there, website over there. 
And this was a really great quote from the course. Using the same contextual cues like coloring, content, pictures, etc., across media will facilitate the recall of your brand. So it will really help customers remember and help it sink in for good. So what do you think about that? Have you ever thought about brand consistency to this extent? Tell me in a YouTube comment or a podcast review, and I would love to know your thoughts. All right, let's get into the news roundup where I share three relevant articles about jewelry or marketing or both. And you can find the links to these articles in the show notes as well. So the first article comes from Business of Fashion, and it's called What Fashion Needs to Know About Lemon 8, the number 8, lemon like the fruit 8. So TikTok parent company ByteDance has created a new app, and it aims to influence what users buy. So this app, Lemon 8, was launched in Asia in 2020 and just became available for download in the U.S. in February. You're probably going to start hearing about it more within the next month or so since it will be getting a big marketing push. According to this article, it's, quote, designed as a hub for product and lifestyle recommendations with a focus on areas like fashion, beauty, home, and wellness, end quote. So it has a lot of static and color corrected images. And when you go on it, it has some of the flavor of TikTok, but it also is kind of reminiscent of the early days of Instagram. So the visual and purchase centric nature should make it especially intriguing to fashion and beauty brands. And because it doesn't sell ads, at least not yet, brands that want in will need to get creative, such as partnering with influencers to promote goods. So my main takeaway about this is someone actually in the article said it really well. When TikTok came out, there were mixed views about how much brands wanted to adopt it. For some brands that didn't act quickly, they fell behind in how they were showing up to their customers. So I'm not saying go jump on this and get on it right away, but you as a business owner or a marketer for a business need to know about all these different apps and how people are using them. You should be aware of it. And if it makes sense, you should explore any opportunity it may offer your brand. So I would say pay attention to this, maybe even download it and see what is going on and be open-minded to the possibility of using it. The next article comes from Wired and it's called, Did Instagram Just Kill Linktree? You may have heard the news that Meta announced Instagram users are now able to add up to five links in their bio. So if you use LinkedIn bio services like Linktree, you have the option to no longer choose to do that. But you should know there are some arguments and some benefits for continuing to use Linktree. So Instagram's introduction of the profile multi-link option forces users who click that link to choose that link and then return back to the Instagram app if they want to view another one. 
while Linktree will take you off the Instagram app. So of course, duh, Instagram's trying to keep its users on the app. One other criticism is that these link features provided by Instagram are very sparse. With Linktree and other similar link in bio tools, you can do a lot more than just share links. You can see analytics about how many times links are being clicked. You also have the ability to customize your layouts around the links. And then if you do use TikTok, you cannot still, um, you still need link in bio services for TikTok. So if you're on both of these platforms to keep things consistent, you may wanna stick with Linktree. So my main takeaway is, well, 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 this is a long time coming, Instagram. For some brands out there, the new link feature may be a no-brainer and you'll wanna take advantage of it, but there are still definitely some perks to using Linktree. So it's a decision that you're going to have to make considering all the available facts and options out there. And then the last article comes from Fast Company and it's called MailChimp's new GPT-powered AI tool can write marketing emails. So AI is really about to influ influence the creation of email marketing campaigns big time. Well, actually I'd have to argue it already has. This has already happened. So if you regularly send email campaigns, you know how much time and effort they involved. And MailChimp just introduced a tool called Email Content Generator, and it uses OpenAI's GPT technology to create marketing copy that users can drag and drop into emails. So John Fasoli, MailChimp's chief design and product officer says, where we're really excited about is proving at scale that we can generate emails that are higher performing than customers can generate themselves. And that is the crazy thing about AI and why it's kind of a good idea to embrace it. So this tool can suggest text based on the industry, the purpose of the email campaign, and a sample of past marketing materials to give it a sense of your writing tone. And you can also give it some more detailed prompts. You can ask it to rewrite the messages or edit them yourself. If you've already played with ChatGPT, you know that ChatGPT can basically do all this already. But what's cool about this tool is that it brings the same technology right into the email marketing platform so that you can do everything in the same space. And so now you have no excuse to have writer's block around your email. My main takeaway is this is not earth shattering because the technology already exists. You can use ChatGPT to help you even if you don't use MailChimp, no matter what email platform you use. You may be scoffing at AI, but I have to tell you, if you're really serious about email marketing and about producing the amount of campaigns it takes to move the needle on your marketing, I can promise you that once you use a tool like this, you will never be able to go back. 
That's all for today. Did you have any questions about jewelry marketing jumpstart? That's at joyjoya.com slash jump. You can always email me, email me Larissa, that's L-A-R-Y-S-S-A at joyjoya.com. If you love this podcast, please share it with a friend who'd appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe as well as leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're completely new to digital marketing, then you'll want to purchase and read a copy of my book, Jewelry Marketing Joy. Visit joyjoya.com book for more information.